Welcome to the Sisters in Zion podcast with Danielle and Kirsten, who are best friends and active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is not an official podcast of the Church. This is a safe place for sisters to gather through conversations to draw closer to Christ. Hello, friends. We're excited to be with you here again for our Sisters in Zion podcast. We have a lot of good information, and this is um, to share with you today. This is Danielle Daniel, and I'm here with Kirsten Kirschbaum, my best friend. Hi, everyone. So excited to be here today. Yeah, we love doing this. We just want you to know that like, we're on our own journey to draw closer to Christ. And this week, I want to share with you one of the most pivotal life things that have happened to me. I'm like, I don't know what to call it. It's not really a trial. I feel like it was a blessing, but it was a trial. So, And I, that really turned me on my entire course to understanding how the savior is involved in our lives. And, you know, I served a mission and, you know, you talk about the savior, you, you read the scriptures about the savior and you just, you, you appreciate like what you heard or you learn what he has done for us. But I never really understood the magnitude and I still probably don't, but on another scale I do at this point, I'm getting, gaining an understanding of how he's actually involved in our lives and that's what I just want to share with you because I know for me, when I um, can learn from other people, it helps me apply things in my life. So about exactly, exact, actually, exactly a year ago, I ended up in the hospital having a major surgery. And to preface this, I've had a lot of um, menstrual issues for my entire life, just uh, endometriosis, and I've had a little laparoscopic surgery to remove a cyst, and I've had various cysts as well. And so having a new development on my another ovary of mine wasn't um, a big news, but I've also had a very strong desire to be a mother. I've I felt close to the, um, the idea and the spirit of my own children and just I've even quilted blankets with my grandma <laughs> for when I had my own children. I just, I've always been fond of adoption as well, but I've also really had my heart set on having children. So when I went in for surgery a year ago, the surgeon said to me that she most likely was going to remove all of my female organs because they aren't healthy. And I asked her to not do that. I said, no, I don't want that to happen. I still want to have kids. And she just was like, I don't think so. And so I went into surgery knowing that was a huge possibility. And I just, I couldn't even control the outcome. I, I, I had a, a large tumor that was growing really rapidly on my right ovary. So much so it ended up being about the size of a, a small football. And it was poking out of my stomach and making it very uncomfortable for me to sit and to um, sleep. I was having a really hard time, a lot of pain right before it. And so I went into surgery and I just prayed. I just said, you know what? I, I just, I can't control this situation. I'm in your hands. I had nothing else I could do. And I went in and went under surgery. And what happened was when I woke up, the surgeon said that they ended up having to remove all of my female organs. And I was devastated. I was devastated that that was the outcome after all these years of being older and single, but still carrying a hope that I would still get married and still have children. And it felt like all of that was dashed, completely dashed. And I didn't know what to live for anymore. In fact, I spent a week in the hospital 
up, like depressed, but also sick. I had um, post-op nausea, and so I was vomiting, and you know how much fun that is, being nauseous and vomiting for a week. But it was by the Thursday that I had been vomiting for four days straight and just sick and also just felt so purposeless. I just, I didn't know what I was going to live for anymore. Like I had kept that hope, like I will get married, I will have kids. And now, you know, I'm in my 40s, not married and not able to have kids. I didn't know what to do with my life. So I want to preface this, you know, with my experiences. I know there's a lot of you who have gone through similar trials, maybe similar surgeries, and, or maybe have not been able to have children or have had infertility issues, or maybe you've you know, had children but ha have had other desires in your life that haven't been fulfilled. And I just want to say, you know, Kirsten and I both have been through stuff. We know what that's like. We know how hard that can be. I'm sorry. I'm just listening really intently to you. I love you. And I'm just, I just, just keep going. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. I just, um, one of the things I wanted to share was, so that night it was a Thursday and I remember just feeling completely hopeless and just wanted to give up. I didn't want to live anymore. And I was so tired of vomiting because it just, Oh, it's, it's, a, it's an awful feeling. Um, it's like being seasick for seven days. Anyway, so I ended up having a priesthood blessing from someone in my ward in the bishopric. They had come to visit me. The, um, his wife is a Relief Society president. So she had come and with her husband, and I just said, I need a blessing. Like, I need a blessing to get better. Um, and, you know, mentally and obviously physically. So that night, um, he, they gave me a blessing. He gave me a blessing. And I remember... Um, him saying that I would get better and they left um, after the blessing and I had already vomited again <laughs> and I just laid there feeling hopeless and what was interesting is immediately in my mind as I laid there it just it must have taken so much spiritual energy to get through the mindset I was in and I just saw myself with this greater purpose of being an, an inspiration and influence with others because of what I've gone through and I, I felt this like gratitude and I felt myself feeling healthier than I'd ever felt before. And mind you, at this time, I, you know, they had taken the tumor out, but they hadn't told me, you know, they knew there was cancer inside of the tumor. But they didn't, I didn't know how far it had spread. I didn't know any of that at this point. So I didn't know if I was going to be like in like whatever stage of cancer. So I was still having a lot of unknowns for myself at that time, but I saw myself with a purpose. And I felt healthier than I'd ever felt before. And it just, it gave me this like excitement, like, wow, I've got something else to do that's exciting and inspiring. And then I got a command in my mind that said, get up and walk. And I, at that moment, I hadn't, I had barely even walked to the bathroom. I mean, it hurt so bad because they had to open me up from the pubic bone all the way up above my belly button. And so I had fresh, fresh stitches and I remember going and the other command was not just get up and walk, but to stop using the morphine and stop using any medication, but the Tylenol. So I, I did, and I just refused, you know, the anti-nausea, the morphine and anything else. And what happened was I started, I got up, it was so painful to get up. 
I remember just singing primary songs and, and walking to the hospital with my IV you know, post and I just walked around singing um, primary songs with my head forward. I couldn't even, I couldn't look in any other hospital rooms. I just kept my head forward and singing the songs to dull the pain and I just walked. And what I realized was that the morphine and all the medication and not walking was keeping all of my bowels asleep. So I wasn't, uh, instead of processing you know, things, I was um, vomiting instead of processing it the other way. So that was the last night I, I vomited, which was great. <laughs> and I remember Friday, I was still nauseous the next day. But Saturday, by the evening, I felt a little better. I was able to eat half of a cracker, <laughs> which was huge. I know I was so grateful and I was feeling happier. And then by Sunday, I remember I actually wasn't nauseous at all. I ate some mashed potatoes and just felt good. I just felt a lot better and I was able to go home on Monday and start my recovery. So what I wanted to share with you guys a couple of things that happened. So when I got home, I still was mourning and grieving the loss of being able to have children. And I was still trying to understand it. But I remember thinking, I know that the Lord will not deny me any righteous desire, no matter what that ends up looking like. So that was the hope that I had kept at the time. And what I want to fast forward to is, so this was October of 2017. And by January, it was um, New Year's Day. I remember, I never set New Year's resolutions, but this year I wanted to set a New Year's resolution and I knew what I wanted it to be. I wanted that I wanted to be close to my Savior. So I actually fasted and prayed on that day and set the New Year's resolution to be closer to my Savior. And I want to invite you, like if that's a desire you have, to set it as a goal and fast and pray to open it. Because when I did that, it opened so many doors to me. Things that I just, that were in the scriptures. I was led to so many things that I just never really understood before. I was led to books. I was led to, you know, different uh, scriptures, different talks. Just all of a sudden they would come in my life and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like it just answered my questions. And it's amazing. Like I realize how bad he wants a relationship with us, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it reminds me of other fasts that I've done, right? Like all of us have probably fasted one time or another. Maybe we were forced to by our parents or we felt, you know, like it's something we should do. And I've fasted for different things. I've fasted for, oh, Heavenly Father, help my friend who is sick. Or, oh, Heavenly Father, help. Um, help me sell my house. I mean, that's a righteous desire. Like, you know, it's things like that, like that I really want. Help me to do X, Y, or Z. And when I learned this concept from you, actually, of simply fasting to be closer to my Savior, that has opened tons of doors for me as well. And, and I'm not going to go into my story. We're talking about you right now, but I, I agree with you. Fasting to be closer to your Savior is the key to all of the other righteous desires that you have. Yeah, I, I can't believe I'm just, just cause I fasted for other things and I just felt like, okay, I didn't eat. And yeah, maybe it came, you know, but this was the, the largest or just the most magnificent fast I've ever done. And I wanted to read with you guys. So this is now June that I wrote in my journal of 2018. So I did the fast starting in January and I immediately 
within that month was led to a few things. And I'm going to share a couple resources with you as well. But then in um, February, I remember being led to more. And what it led me to do is pretty much fast on a regular basis, like every week or every other week with the full purpose. And I just, I felt so close to him. I just, it was amazing. So I'm going to read to you what I wrote in my journal. I read this this morning and decided I would share it. So this is June 22nd, Friday, June 22nd, 2018. The past couple of months, I've felt inspired to fast often. And I mean full 24-hour fasts, not just get breakfast and lunch, right? I've been really focused on listening to the Holy Spirit, Christ's direction in my mind. I've wanted a closer relationship with Him and prayed and fasted for this in January of 2018. And it's incredible to see how much He has answered me. And I've been led to books, scriptures, and writings that have completely changed my life and my relationship with the Savior. One of the things, you know, that I, that was really important to me when I, a reason why I guess having a relationship with him is because when I lost the opportunity to have children and I'm single, I just, I couldn't distract my life anymore. I, I had to grasp onto like the iron rod to something solid, to something foundational because what I was doing, which was still living a good life, wasn't enough anymore. It wasn't enough just to go to church, be friends with everybody, read my scriptures here at night. You know, I needed more depth because I felt I was at a complete loss for how to deal with what had come about in my life. And I want to be respectful, understanding that there are so many of you have gone through things, maybe even losing a child, things that are just, I don't even know. I wouldn't know how to cope with it. And I didn't know how to cope with what I was dealing with. And but what I want you to know is that the Savior knows how to cope with it. The Savior, when you turn it over to Him, and, and, and I want to talk about how to do that. It's not just like, oh, turn it over to Him in, in a figurative like speech, right? Right. So one of the books I was led to, I'm going to share with you that really helped me was by John Pontius, and it's called Journey to the Veil. And I was led to this, I, I was reading another one of his books and found, I was like, and I really liked it. And I thought, what else has he written? And I found this book and it was so foundational for me in my journey of knowing the Savior. He was an inspired man. This book, he um, was written by a compilation of his blogs that he um, wrote when he was actually um, had about six months to live. And they, he wanted to write him for his family. Well, the blog ended up becoming pretty um, huge because it was so inspired and in hearing the journey of his life and just all these spiritual experiences and how he heard the Savior in his mind. And just, it really opened me to understanding how the Savior speaks to us. So The Journey to the Veil by John Pontius. I highly recommend it. I listened to it over and over. I told Kirsten about it to listen to it too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've listened to it. And um, so that was one of them. And what I wanted to just talk to you guys about with a couple of the reasons that or a couple of the ways that I helped me hear the spirit or not only hear the spirit. So we have a couple things. We've got the Holy Ghost that confirms to us when things are from the Savior, from, you know, God or uh, that are righteous things in our lives. Right. The Holy Ghost confirms those things in our heart. And what I learned from John Pontius, as well as other scriptures that I was led to, was that the light of Christ, right, which is in everything, it commands everything to fulfill itself to its highest potential, 
including flowers and trees that grow, the sun that enlightens our whole earth. Like those are all commanded through the law of the light of Christ. And we have in us, every single one of us human beings have in us the light of Christ, which is Christ's voice. It's Christ's influence that is in our mind. And when we can learn to distinguish between we have three different voices in our mind, right? We've got our own, which are generally us talking to ourselves in the I form. I want to do this, or I wonder if I should this, or kind of, a lot of times we talk to ourselves in the question format. And I've noticed that more like, Oh, I like this. Like that's always an I form. The second one, I'm going to call it the second one anyway, is, is Satan and his influences, right? His legions, whatever are assigned about us. And they're generally quite a negative. They're, they're ones that have us doubt. They're ones that have us hesitate or vacillate. They're ones that um, have us um, feel offended or think negative things about other people or, or feel sorry for ourselves. So, so any type of just, it's a low vibration type thought process, right? And they're very... Um, Sneaky. Sneaky. Thank you. <laughs> They're not yeah. always like just super negative. Like, well, you know. can I just share like in, I got, I got to just say, cause you and I were having a conversation uh, a couple days ago and I, after my fast to become closer to Christ, after taking that recommendation from you, I have felt to go to the temple every Wednesday. This is, I've never done this ever in my whole life. I've never attended the temple weekly. And so this, this, I, I've gone for about two months now, every Wednesday and this, this past Wednesday came up and I had just been, I am doing so much right now. Like it is like, you know, I go through seasons, right? We all go through seasons where we're like, okay, I'm just chilling right now. I am not chilling. I am like every moment of every day is like scheduled and we're just in major momentum and everything. Right. So I accidentally scheduled a call during the time when I would go to the temple normally. And there's just a small window of time, honestly, like with the kids and everything, it's not easy for me to just pick up and go whenever. So I accidentally scheduled this call during that time and I couldn't change the call. Like it was not possible. Right. And so I was talking to you about this. Right. And I'm like, it was interesting to observe all the voices that wanted to tell me what a bad person I am for scheduling this call. And how could you do that? And, oh, you should have gone to the temple. What's wrong with you? If you don't go to the temple, that means that you aren't committed in all your life. And, oh, you're not even, that doesn't even mean anything. All the other times you've gone to the temple don't even count. And like just the craziest stuff, you know? And guess what, guys? I actually went to the temple. I did. I, I got it together and I pulled it out and I went and did three initiatory names and that was it. That's all I could do. And it was great. And, you know, I had a wonderful time in there, but it was just so crazy to hear Satan talk to me about going to the temple, like anything he can say. It's like, Oh, he'll make you feel bad for not going, but then he'll make you feel bad for going. But you know, anything you do, it's like, they're just there to make you feel like crap. So if you notice any moment about any subject where you're feeling like crap, you can just kind of look to your side and go, nope, I don't believe you. This is not true. I knew that Heavenly Father would not be mad at me. If I didn't go to the temple that day, it's okay. Like, he's not going to be mad. He's not going to be like, oh, Kirsten, I can't believe you didn't make it. Like, that doesn't come from God. God's still there 
waiting with open arms. Hey, come back next week. We're going to love you the same. It's going to be fine. Right? So those two voices, yourself and Satan, man, they like, sometimes they really combine against you. So you got to pay attention to that. Right? Yeah. I love that you shared that story because it just go, it's a very vivid example of how he works in our mind. And, and one of the words I've really learned to use cautiously and that I've eliminated as much as possible is the word should. I don't believe that comes from God in, in certain oh, circumstances, yeah. maybe, but not most of the time how we use it to make ourselves feel bad and feel like we're humble because we feel like we don't, we're no good. That's right. not humility. I am not into should. I call that shooting all over yourself. <laughs> I'm not into shooting on myself. <laughs> I love it. That's a good one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, I just think, you know, if you think of God and that he's, he's full of grace, then if you're listening to something that's not full of grace, you're listening to Satan. So that's the second voice, right? The third voice is obviously comes from the Holy Spirit, which is different than the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is Christ's spirit. It's Christ's light. It's his voice. And I realized that he's been there influencing our thoughts. And he speaks to our mind in so many ways that are inspirational. They're full of love and kindness and goodness anything that is insightful that feels like you can feel like I call like a higher vibration because it's just, it makes you excited, but it makes you more than excited. It's like this enlightenment, this joy. Those are words from the savior and that he's constantly, when I started, he's constantly speaking to us. But when I started distinguishing the three thoughts. That's what helped me grow closer to my savior. Cause I realized he's been talking to me the whole time and I didn't recognize it. And I just wrote it off as like, well, I don't know. I took it. Oh, that's an option. Instead of going, Oh, thank you for that idea. I'm going to do what you said. <laughs> yeah. Well, it reminds me of the example you shared with me too, that one night you were sitting on your couch and you were kind of like, you know, you like to relax and watch a show and you know, that thought came to you, right? Maybe share that. Cause I think it's a really good illustration of it too. Oh yeah. I forgot about that where I was going to relax and, and I had an idea. Thank you. I forgot about that one. Yeah. I had an idea instead of just turning on a show, I do like a show for 30 minutes and then I, you know, kind of get ready for bed, read my scriptures. And I just had an idea that said, well, instead of turning on a show, why don't you just play with your cats and then go to your, um, read your scriptures a little earlier tonight. And normally I would have been like, nah, I don't want, I just would have written it off. But knowing now that there's only three places our thoughts come from, I knew that was a good, that was a good thought, right? I knew that I had good intentions. I knew that come from, came from our savior. And I, instead of like disobeying it and just writing it off as my own, like idea, I was like, oh, okay, I'll do that. Thank you. Yes. I'll do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting? So I think everyone listening can think about different moments. And, and, it, and it can make you a little crazy at first, I feel like, when you're like practicing it because you're like, am I, a, am I schizophrenic? Like, do I have lots of voices going on? Like, where did that one come from? You know, and, and remember that, that God is not, a, is not a God of confusion, right? So when, when the Savior speaks to you, you know, right, for sure. And you can know for sure when Satan and minions are speaking to you you know, because it's negative, right? So there's no question. It, nothing negative comes from God. And really nothing negative comes from you. That is the trick. Satan wants you to believe 
that that negative thought that you're having is just you, right? That's just how you are. That's the kind of person that you are. That's your weaknesses that you have. And that's actually not true. That actually isn't you. They try to mimic you as closely as they can. And you can start practicing noticing the different voices and, and thoughts and feelings that you have and distinguishing them into one of three categories, right? And maybe just kind of remind again, like clearly so that, you know, I think we're teaching a pretty deep concept here that we've been learning. So maybe just kind of reminding again, like distinguishing those categories. Yeah. So I'll give you an example, which will help right. us, you know, remind us how God speaks to our mind or, you know, Christ it's actually, and then how Satan speaks to us and then how we speak to ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. So the other well, let's back up. A few weeks ago, um, I was at a conference with Kirsten, and I, I had this like negative thought about somebody, and I leaned over and said something like, so-and-so, blah, 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 and I said something rude about somebody, and, and I just let it, and then I was like, okay, I'm back in, I'm doing good. I tried to act like I was doing good, but oh, it kept eating at me, and so, and I knew, like I knew that that wasn't something that I want to, I don't, I don't want to be like that. So I leaned over to her and I said, Hey, I don't know where that negative came from, which obviously we do, you know, it came from Satan. And I, will you forgive me? Like, I don't, I don't want that as part of our, you know, our friendship. And I just want to forget that. And she, and Kirsten goes to me and she goes, done, forgotten. I love you. I'm like, thank you. But it was just, and it wasn't. And what I had to do at that moment, I had a choice to keep beating myself up for it. Or do I just go, okay, done, like Kirsten did, done, forgotten, love you. And so I decided, yeah, done. And I just brushed it off and let it go. It was awesome. But that's how God, you know, speaks to us. So then what happened two days ago, I'm driving home on a long journey in my camper van, right? And I, I was, I had a little bit of a headache from driving. I was a little hungry, you know, and I was frustrated at this gas station. I go in and I'm, I'm not very nice to the gas attendant because I'd been pushing the help button. And then I go in and they don't even speak English. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm like, I need yeah. help with getting gas. And so I wasn't very nice to them. And I don't like that about me, right? That I did that. And I felt so bad. And I'm driving away from the gas station going, oh, Heavenly Father, I'm so sorry. I don't want to like taint his day with my, how I was feeling. I was like, please forgive me. And please like send someone in to just brighten his day that can wash what away, what, you know, what negativity I brought in. And so I had given in again, I gave in to the voices of like feeling, well, you should be upset. They don't speak English. And I gave in to all that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I acted upon it. And so I'm saying to Heavenly Father, I am so sorry. Like I'm asking for forgiveness. And, and he was like, done, forgotten. Love you. Like, just like what Kirsten had said. And, but I, I didn't, I just didn't let it go. And I kept like, kept driving and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel so bad. And I just kept going on. And yeah. I, so I said it again to him and he said, remember what you said when you said this to Kirsten. And I, and I reminded, or he reminded me of the entire experience, right. That I had with Kirsten at the conference. And I went, you're right. He's like, and he's like, I'm no different. <laughs> like you're yeah, right. He's, he's a little different than me. <laughs> Right, right. He's a little different, I love, but I, it's so cool the way he uses our friends though. Like, you know, he'll, he'll use someone that you can fully relate to in your mortal body. Right. And you understand his voice 
in that way through others. And um, it's a great example of, you know, you, you succumbed to, you know, the, the feelings. And again, you're not a bad person. It's just the natural man. You're hungry, you're frustrated, your, your physical body is not being taken care of. You're just all these things. And Satan just jumps right in there and just messes it all up. And then you, as a conscious being, as a wonderful person, felt bad about it. You're like, dang, that was not cool. And you know, when you go to the Lord and it's like, boom, the Lord, it's done, forgiven. No more wallowing in that. And Satan, again, he's so sneaky. Oh, let me make you feel bad about trying to be a good person now. <laughs> you know, let me make you feel bad about being bad and good. And, oh, anyway. Yeah, he's pretty two-faced. Oh. <laughs> let me, let's hate the temple and then let's make you hate yourself for going, not going to the temple, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even, so, you know, let's make you feel bad that you only did three initiatories instead. You know what I mean? Instead of a session. Well, you said you were going to do a session. And I'm just, at this point, I am just like, oh my goodness gracious. You're so silly. I'm not going to feel bad about myself. Like it's, it's cool. We're cool. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think when we can realize the, that how he jumps in and he is the author of negativity, he, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Lies, right? And negativity originate with him. Right. So if you can realize that and you can go, oh, I succumbed for a minute. Okay. And I, you know, at the, in the, when I was driving and I, I got that association with what had happened with Kirsten a couple weeks earlier, I went, I was like, you're right, I'm done. And I just stopped letting Satan get in and make me feel bad about that. And, and, right. And I was like, fine again. And that's what the power, it is so simple. We have so much power to crush him. We really do. We just, just stop, just absolutely stop, turn it over to the savior and go, what would you want me to think? And pay attention to the very first thoughts that come into your mind. I noticed that his words come into my mind in the form of like speaking to me, not me speaking to myself. Like you're doing great. Like I wouldn't, you know, I would normally say I'm doing great, you know, and he would say, I love you you're doing great. And sometimes he'll, he'll answer before I've even asked the full question. I've noticed that too. Like I'll get um, a thought in my head and I, and I'll just want to share one last thing. And this was about um, another way that I turned things over to the savior was so Kirsten's husband, he's awesome, a wonderful man, right? I'm just to share this because this experience was pretty profound for me. And he had asked me for some resources on, on the brain. And so I gave him some resources. We work together, right? So he's asking, I just want to give some context. Like he's asking you for resources because we are business partners in our business. So we all work together. Yeah, we work okay. together. Right. Yeah. Very good. And he was working with somebody who, who helps other people with brain injuries. And so, so I gave him and then that, and I never heard back from him and I never heard a thank you. And it's not a big deal, but guess who likes to make that a big deal? <laughs> Satan, right? So I let Satan get to me and I'm like, I'm brewing. I'm sitting here doing the, well, oh, no, no, let me back up. First of all, he didn't say thank you. And so how I dealt with it, I said, well, whatever, it's no big deal. Okay. Whatever is not the same as like turning it over to the savior. <laughs> okay. Whatever yeah, does not do that. So I was just like, whatever, whatever. And that was the whole afternoon, right? I was just kept saying whatever it came to my head. I'm like, whatever, but that's not turning it over to the savior because what happened then that evening I'm doing dishes and it comes again. And like, and I start like feeling all of this negativity from Satan. Like, I can't believe he doesn't say thank you. He doesn't really appreciate, you know, you know, and all these things I could just feel that made me feel like 
I was a worthless person. And all of a sudden I went, no, 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 I'm not entertaining that anymore. And I, I literally stopped Satan and his minions in his tracks. And I said, no, I'm not entertaining that. How would God have me see this? And I said, and I just, was, I'm in the middle of doing dishes. All this is happening. And <laughs> I said, I'm turning this over to you. How would you have me see the situation with Kyle? Not saying sorry, which is no big deal, but I've obviously like have some issues that have come up because of it. And all of a sudden I just got this image of Kyle juggling five boys <laughs> and you know, his business and you know, working with his powerful wife. And I just got this compassion and love for him and all of it washed away like water under a bridge, like done, like awesome. No longer was it trying my issues. No longer was it anything to do with him and not being a good person or me not being good. It was just gone. And it was just replaced with this image of compassion, understanding, and love. And that's really how, when we turn over the savior, he can help us see every single, single situation that way he'll open your mind to it. That's how you turn it over to him. That's beautiful. I, I love the part where you said, I tried to say whatever, right? I think I've done that too. I'm thinking back of all the times where I want to, because I, I don't want to dwell in negativity. None of us really do, right? Oh, I don't care. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'll say that all the time. Oh, I'm cool. It doesn't matter. It's fine. But like that doesn't really do it. That's not what we're trying to teach you guys. We're actually teaching you turning it over to the Savior is stopping noticing, identifying where the thoughts are coming from, saying no to that, and then turning to the Savior and asking, how would thou have me see this? How can I see this person in a different light? And we can talk about this in all the different situations all day long, but I would love to just take a few more minutes and have you bring back everything that we've talked about today. You're, you're, deeply personal experiences. We kind of went from your, I mean, you know, triumph over tragedy, right? We went through that with you. And then we've been talking about some practical ways to stay high vibe and notice the different voices from our Lord. How would you bring that all together? Like in kind of, you know, a culminating moment with what you've learned through your surgery and where you are now? Yeah. Two, two thoughts come to my mind. One of them after my surgery, when I just was turning to him and going, okay, I, I need your help because I was supposed to have children and I was supposed to do, you know, I was supposed to do all this. And, and the words that came from the Holy spirit, from the savior that came into my mind were this, it said, um, it said, and it was an affirmation. My life is just how it's supposed to be. He always knew this was going to happen. And he was always going to support me and turn it over for the the betterment of my entire life. So that's one is like, instead of looking at how things are going wrong, just looking at how that these things that seem like they're going wrong, how can you turn them over to the Lord? And by asking him, how would you have me see this? How can I see this through your eyes? Cause that's really important to gaining that love and understanding in every situation. The second thing would be, I invite you. I mean, only cause you know, it's something that's helped for me is to fast and pray to know the savior fast and pray. You can have a better relationship with him and then start to notice how you get led to, you know, different things. Like I told you the one book I got led to that really helped me, but then there was a lot of other things and these things are going to be different for you than they were for me, but there were scriptures that I would just get led to and read 
Um, and a therapist that I went and saw that helped me with some stuff from childhood that just helped me draw closer to my savior, just all these different things that I was led to on my path. And I know that that will happen for every single one of us, because if we look at the savior wants a relationship with us so bad, he's just like, please hear me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's kind of like that cute kitty sitting on your lap right now going, Hey, Hey, let's play. Let's do some stuff. Let's hang out with me. (laughs) Right. Yeah. He's our best friend and he's our savior and he's there for us. I love what you just said. My life is just how it's supposed to be. And all things really work together for our good. So it's, um, it's up to us to turn to him and to understand those tools a little better, right? Try again. Absolutely. Enjoy the journey and don't beat yourself up because that comes from Satan, not God. And you can't be close to God when we beat ourselves up. Yeah. So absolutely. Wonderful. Thank Thank you. Friends for joining us. (laughs) Thank you, Danielle, for sharing your story. It's a deeply personal one, and I'm sure it'll bless a lot of people's lives. Thanks for letting me be vulnerable. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Sisters in Zion podcast. Music is compliments of Marshall McDonald and can be found on his Sunday Best album. You can share this podcast with others through your podcast app or Podbean website. Join us next week for more experiences, enlightenment, and conversations to draw closer to Christ.